The Apostle Paul is indeed a unique apostle. Unfortunately, many individuals continue to try to place him and his ministry as an extension of the 12 apostles ministry. Today, our host, Bill Petrie, will show why Paul's apostleship is different. In the Gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read about how the Lord Jesus Christ was here upon this earth. He separated unto himself 12 men whom he named and commissioned to be apostles. As Luke chapter 6 verses 13 through 16 records, And when it became day, he shouts to his disciples and chooses from them 12, whom he names apostles also, Simon, whom he names also Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James of Alphaeus, and Simon, called a zealot, and Judas of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. As we go through the gospel accounts, we read how that these 12 apostles served with the Lord during his earthly ministry. We also read how that Judas Iscariot betrayed the Lord, and how they're following the Lord's death, resurrection, and ascension back to the Father, a man by the name of Matthias was chosen and ordained to replace Judas. We can read of that in Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 26. With Matthias now numbered with the eleven apostles, the opening chapters of the book of Acts record the ministry and activities of these apostles as they carried out the ministry the Lord had given to them. But when we come to the ninth chapter in the book of Acts, we learn about an event that took place which was unexpected, without warning or previous indication of doing so. The Lord Jesus Christ came back from heaven and appeared unto a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus. Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 6 relates this. Now Saul, still breathing out threatening and murder against the disciples of the Lord, approaching the chief priest, requests from him letters for Damascus to the synagogues, so that if he should be finding any who are of the way, both men and women, he may be leading them bound to Jerusalem. Now in his going, he came to be nearing Damascus. Suddenly, a light out of heaven flashes about him, and falling on the earth, he hears a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Yet he said, Who art thou, Lord? Yet he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Nevertheless, rise and enter the city, and it will be spoken to you what you must be doing. The Lord's unanticipated reappearance from heaven to this man Saul, who will later be known as Paul, is of profound importance. Because as the Lord says in Acts chapter 9 verse 15, this man Paul, he is a choice instrument of mine, to bear my name before both the nations and kings, 
besides the sons of Israel. The Lord did not come back from heaven just to save Paul and stop him from persecuting him, but he came back to raise him up as a new apostle. In appearing to Paul, the Lord was raising up a brand new apostle, even though he had 12 others who were already functioning as apostles. The Lord's unexpected reappearance to Paul to raise him up as a new apostle is an intriguing issue. Why did the Lord do this? What was the purpose behind raising up a new apostle? And why was there a need for it? Various reasons have been proposed. And the most common one appealed to either laxity or error on the part of the 12 apostles is the reason for why the Lord would raise up Paul. The argument goes like this. The 12 were lax in carrying out their commission to go into all the world. And they remained in Jerusalem when the persecution arose about the stoning of Stephen in Acts chapter 8. Because of this, God raised up another apostle to hasten the spread of the gospel. Or, some others would argue, Peter and the, and the other apostles acted hastily in replacing Judas and were in error in ordaining Matthias. The Lord's choice was Paul all along, they say. And he corrected their impetus act when he raised up Paul. This is the view that I used to hold a long time ago when I was in the denominational church. We believed that the 12 were in error and had moved ahead of God and should have waited for the Apostle Paul. But the question comes up, were the 12 apostles either lax in their commission or were they in error when they ordained Matthias to replace Judas? Are either of these reasons the reason God gives for why he raised up Paul as a new apostle? I think it becomes very important for us to examine God's word to see whether First of all, the 12 apostles were either lax or in error. And then, when we do this, I believe it will show that as God has Paul himself explained, the reason God raised him up as a new apostle is because God has ushered in a brand new dispensation or administration. The dispensation or administration of the grace of God for us Gentiles. The 12 apostles were called and commissioned by the Lord in connection with God's program and special dealings with the nation of Israel. The Lord Jesus Christ had come into this world as Israel's Messiah. He was indeed their horn of salvation, raised up in the house of God's servant David, to whom the throne of David would be given and the kingdom restored back to a redeemed nation of Israel. 
He would reign over the house of Jacob for the eon. And of his kingdom, there would be a perpetual continuation. He would save Israel from her enemies and perform the mercy promised unto her fathers and remember his holy covenant and oath unto Abraham, according to Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 33 and verses 67 through 75. With this being the program of God at this time, the gospel that God had proclaimed to Israel was the gospel of the kingdom, the good news to Israel, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Just read the book of Matthew and you will see that phrase used over and over. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The 12 apostles were called and commissioned in connection with this program. As Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 testifies, they were given power to manifest the signs of the kingdom. And they were told to only go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and not to go to any Gentiles or even to any of the Samaritans. Let me quote here out of Matthew chapter number 10, the following verses. I want to quote verse 1 and then verses 5 through 7. And calling his, his 12 disciples to him, he gives them authority over unclean spirits so as to be casting them out and to be curing every disease and every debility. These 12 Jesus commissions, charging them, saying, into a road of the Gentiles you may not pass forth, and into a city of the Samaritans you may not be entering, yet be going rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now going, herald, saying that near is the kingdom of the heavens. The reason for this restricted ministry is because it was Israel's kingdom that was in view. And the program or the dispensation or administration of God that was in place at that time called for Israel in her fullness and glory to be the blessing to the world. In order to see this, you would need to read Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, Isaiah chapter 11, the first 10 verses. In those passages, we see that God's blessing for the world was to be Israel's fullness and glory. The 12 apostles were not only commissioned to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to Israel, but they were also chosen by the Lord to be rulers in the kingdom. As the Lord told them in Matthew chapter 19, verse 28, Verily I am saying to you, that you who follow me, in a, in a renaissance, whenever the Son of Mankind should be seated on the throne of his glory, 
you also shall sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. This is why there were 12 apostles, one for each tribe. They were Israel's apostles, proclaiming to the nation of Israel the gospel or the good news or the evangel of the kingdom. And they will be Israel's rulers in their kingdom at some point in the future. Following Christ's suffering and resurrection from the dead, the Lord further commissioned his apostles. He taught them that it was necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory in Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. He also taught them that having suffered, all power was now given unto him with which to have his day and so establish the kingdom. With this being the case, the Lord Jesus Christ now further commissioned the 12 apostles to preach the gospel of the kingdom in all the world. But they were to do this in accordance with Israel's priority position. The Lord therefore said to them in Luke chapter 24, verse 47, and there is to be heralded in his name repentance for the pardon of sins to all the Gentiles beginning from Jerusalem. In the opening chapters of the book of Acts, we see how that the 12 apostles, now with Matthias having replaced Judas, functioned in accordance with this further commissioning. They rightly limited their ministry to the men of Israel as they preached to them the arrival of Israel's last days, just as the prophets foretold in Acts 2, verses 14 and 40. They rightly recognized and taught them that you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God covenanted with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed, all the kindreds of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, raising his son, commissions him to bless you by turning away each of you from your wickedness. Now that's a quotation out of Acts chapter 3, verses 25 and 26. It is very clear that the 12 apostles were functioning just as they were commissioned to function. And they fully knew what God was doing, just as they declared to Israel's rulers in chapter 5 and verses 30 through 31. Now the God of our fathers rouses Jesus, on whom you lay hands, hanging him on a cross. This inaugurator and Savior God exalts to his right hand to give repentance to Israel in the pardon of sins. 
since this was what God was doing, they dealt with the men of Israel. They continued to be witnesses of these things to the nation of Israel, just as the opening chapters of the book of Acts describes. Isn't it amazing when you read, for instance, in Acts chapter 2 in Peter's great Pentecostal address, how often the phrase, ye men of Israel, is used? Did you ever wonder why it uses that phraseology? Over and over again, it's you men of Israel or Israelites or men of Israel, something along those lines. It's, it's amazing when you consider it. They're there in Jerusalem because it's a Jewish feast day. And it's interesting, verse 10 of Acts chapter 2 tells us that the audience were both Jews and proselytes. Peter yells in verse 14, men, Jews. Then he says later on in the same chapter, in verse 22, men, Israelites. I think it's interesting. Nowhere in Acts chapter 2 is there any Gentile in view. Peter just is not talking to any Gentile. And in fact, in verse 36 of Acts chapter 2, it states, let all the house of Israel know certainly. But why does it just the house of Israel? These are questions that most Christianity doesn't ask or doesn't want the answers to. By no means were the 12 lax or sluggish in their ministry. The repeated testimony is that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and that they spoke the word of God with boldness, as the record says. And with great power, the apostles rendered testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Besides, great grace was on them all. That's Acts chapter 4, verses 31 through 33. I'm going to submit to you, the listener, that the 12 apostles knew their commission and that they knew what God was doing, having been taught of him what the plan was in Luke chapter 24. They knew that Israel was being dealt with according to the program and her covenant status and according to the Lord's commissioning of them. Therefore, they ministered in Jerusalem and remained there even when persecuted. The second question, were they wrong in ordaining Matthias? A look at the record in Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 26, will show that by no means were Peter and the others wrong or impetus in ordaining Matthias. 
Peter referred knowledgeably to what the Holy Spirit by the mouth of David spoke before concerning Judas. He knew what David said in the Psalms about him, especially about let his supervision be taken by another. But Peter knew what David said about Judas in the context of those Psalms and in the context of the progression of God's dealings with Israel. He knew Judas's place must be filled at that time in accordance with the record in Psalms. Therefore, he declares that of these men must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. But not only that, the qualifications which the Lord laid down for one to take part in this ministry and apostleship forbid anyone like Paul from doing so. As Peter states in Acts chapter 1, verses 21 through 22, then of the men coming together with us in all the time in which the Lord Jesus came in and out to us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day on which he was taken up from us, of these one is to become a witness of his resurrection together with us. <laughs> it is really obvious that the Apostle Paul did not meet these qualifications. He was not with them all the time that Jesus came in and out from them, and he definitely was not with them when the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized of John. Not to even mention that he was an enemy of the Lord at this time. No, Peter and the others were not in error in ordaining Matthias. They did not act impetuously and run ahead of God, but rather they acted in accordance with the Lord's will and in accordance with the Psalms. Why then the new apostle Paul? God himself answers that question through the testimony of the apostle Paul. This new apostle is the apostle of the Gentiles in accordance with the ushering in of the new administration or dispensation of the grace of God to us Gentiles. Paul testifies in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, the following. On this behalf, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you, the Gentiles, since you surely hear of the administration of the grace of God that is given to me for you. For by revelation, the secret is made known to me, according as I write before in brief, by which you who are reading are able to apprehend my understanding in the secret of the Christ, which 
in other generations is not made known to the sons of humanity. As it was now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. In spirit, the Gentiles are to be joint enjoyers of an allotment and a joint body and joint partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the evangel. With the raising up of Paul, God ushered in this present dispensation or administration of Gentile grace in which we live. He revealed to Paul that he was temporarily setting aside Israel and his program with her. You can read that in Romans chapter 11, verses 1 through 25. And that he was turning to the Gentiles to accomplish with them a purpose he has in his son, a secret purpose, something that he had kept secret and hidden himself in eons and generations past, according to Romans 16, verses 25 through 27, and Colossians 1, verses 25 through 27. In this administration or dispensation of the grace of God to us Gentiles, the former situation of Israel being nigh unto God and us Gentiles being far off no longer exists. God has set his program with Israel temporarily aside. He has broken down the middle wall of partition between Jew and Gentile and has put up Jew and Gentile on the same level. And he is from this new situation forming one new man, the new creation, the church, or the ecclesia, the body of Christ, according to Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 22. The Apostle Paul is the one to whom God revealed the ushering in of this new dispensation or administration. To him, the secret of Christ was revealed. And through him, as the Lord's chosen vessel, it is made known. Because of this, Paul says in Romans chapter 11, verse 13, Now to you am I saying, to the Gentiles, inasmuch as indeed then I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I am glorifying my dispensation. When our Lord was here on this earth, God's program and dealings were with the nation of Israel. The 12 apostles were chosen, commissioned, and functioned in connection with that program. But God interrupted that program, and he has ushered in a new program, the dispensation or administration of his grace to us Gentiles. And he did this through a new apostle, the Apostle Paul. Consider 
the words that the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 17. So that, well, let's read verse 16 and 17. So that we, from now on, are acquainted with no one according to flesh. Yet even if we have known Christ according to the flesh, nevertheless now we know him so no longer. So that if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. The primitive passed by, lo, there has come new. Think about this for a second. If we have known Christ according to flesh, nevertheless now we know him so, no longer. How many dear saints today labor trying to do the things that our Lord Jesus Christ did in his earthly ministry, never realizing that the Lord himself gave to the Apostle Paul a secret message, a new dispensation, a new administration of the grace of God. And through that divine inspiration to the Apostle Paul, he tells us, if we have known Christ according to the flesh, we do not know him that way anymore. Indeed, brothers and sisters, we do not proclaim the earthly Lord Jesus Christ today. We, we proclaim the resurrected, glorified Jesus Christ as the Apostle Paul he had his revelation committed to him. As believers, we need to know this and realize that it is through the epistles of the Apostle Paul that God has set forth his word, which is expressly to us and about us today. Don't confuse yourself with Israel. Because to confuse yourself with Israel is to put yourself back under the Mosaic law and to make the grace of God of no effect. Let us rejoice that God has raised up a brand new apostle to a brand new entity that's comprised of Jew and Gentile reconciled together into one body. Live as members of that one body. Heed your apostle. Good day and God bless. We want to thank you for listening to this week's Differing Things podcast. If you would like to get more information about the Bible, please check out our website, www.beacon-ministries.org. Do not forget to join us next week for a new Differing Things podcast.